What up, what up? It's the Man Kid Football Podcast, the football podcast where we talk everything related to football and uh, try to sound smart in doing it. I'm Dan Casper, your host as always. The NFL Draft is officially in the books for 2019. We're going to look at each of the Green Bay Packers picks coming up here and give you my thoughts on each pick from the green and gold, but uh, we're going to kick things off in this podcast, uh, hitting the ground running, uh, talking about the draft overall. It was a fun draft. It was a really fun indra- draft. I think the first round lived up to the intrigue, into the hype. Uh, it was a loaded draft, especially uh, with a lot of uh, defensive players, uh, pass rushers. I-, I thought the secondary especially. A lot of those guys got pushed uh, back into the second and third round, which there was a lot of good talent in those rounds. But overall, I thought the draft uh, lived up to its hype and uh, lived up to uh, some of the craziness that we were originally ex- expecting heading into this draft. Uh, nothing crazy from the from, from the Cardinals, uh, you know, not drafting Kyler Murray. Josh Rosen, he's moving on. Uh, maybe the Cardinals uh, uh, got a little bit uh, lower of a pick than they originally thought. But, I mean, come on, they, they got to understand, you, you, you know, you're, you're going to hold on to him until you draft another, another quarterback. That value is going to diminish. The value is going to diminish. And the longer you hold on to him, you know, at that point, it's going to diminish. I understand the thought process of maybe holding on to him and, you know, going into the season with him and maybe a team has an injury and then you can get a higher draft pick a la Sam Bradford with Philly and uh, Minnesota a few years ago. But just with the way how everything was going down with uh, with the Cardinals and Rosen and, and all the drama surrounding it, it was best to just both sides break away. And I know the Cardinals wanted to get something more in return than just a late second-round pick, but I think at that point you just got to move on, cut ties, and don't have any drama into that locker room heading into heading into the season for Kyler Murray. So that was that was probably the only you know big piece of drama surrounding there. The Raiders, you, you know, Farrell coming in at number four, which was a little bit higher than I think a lot of us expected, uh, especially with like Josh Allen on the board at, at that point. Maybe Ed Oliver, um, but uh, you know the Raiders. There was reports leading up to the draft that they they were ready for for a surprise pick, or kind of the the rumor out there was that get ready for a surprise pick surrounding the Raiders at number four. And I think going Farrell at number four surprised a lot of people. Uh, so that was you know no quarterback there. Otherwise, you know finally we have our answer. This is Derek Carr's team for the Raiders. You know for all the talk. Are they going to get a different quarterback? Or are they going to get draft a younger quarterback higher up in this draft? No, they didn't get a quarterback at all. So we got our answer finally, and it's Derek Carr. And I think that's, I think that's the, I think that's the right answer at this point. But there's four teams I really kind of wanted to uh, talk about with their draft before we look at the Packers draft. Kind of maybe the the four teams that really stood out to me for this draft. And I want to start off with the the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I thought you know their first two picks. Getting Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame, uh, Nasir Adderley, the safety from Delaware, adding those two guys to that already really solid defense, really good defense. That defense is going to be good this year for the Chargers. Defense is going to be good for Gus Bradley and the Chargers over there. Uh, I, not to not to get all hot takeish or you know kind of over exaggerate right after a draft, but I mean you're looking at their defensive starters now for the Chargers. Chargers might be the safest pick to have 10-plus wins this upcoming season. And if you want to say the Chargers are the favorite in the AFC, I am I might not argue with you at this point. I mean, you got Melvin Ingram, Bosa, Mebane, Tillery. 
that those are your four guys on that defensive front. The linebackers Perryman, Thomas Davis, Nuasu, then your secondary is Casey Hayward, Trevor Williams, Desmond King, Adderley, and then Derwin James. I mean that that is a solid, solid defense right there for the Chargers. And they're gonna need it going up against that high profile offense with the Chiefs, but you know, with with the Tyree Kill situation going on with the Chiefs, I don't think the Chiefs' offense is going to be as good next year. Nothing against Patrick Mahomes because dude's obviously the MVP and one of the most uh, talented quarterbacks and players in this game. But that 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 Chargers defense, man, they're going to be hard to move the ball against it and put some points against. So Chargers, I, I thought for their first two picks, adding to an already solid defense, that that that's going to be one scary unit right there. Also, you know, kind of going back to the Cardinals, I do like what the Cardinals did in this draft. Uh, you know, obviously, though, I, I, if you listen to the other podcasts, I wasn't big on moving Josh Rosen, especially, uh, you know, last year moving up to, to, to grab him at that point. But I, I, to, I totally understood getting a guy that maybe fits your system better, a new offensive-minded head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. I totally understand getting uh, getting a guy that maybe fits that offense a lot better. So with that being said, I thought the Cardinals did a really good job at picking up uh, other guys to surround Kyler Murray and making sure that he succeeds. So you go Kyler Murray, number one, obviously. Then in the second round, you get Byron Murphy, the corner from Washington. I thought that was a great pick. I thought he was a first-round talent right there. Uh, then with the, the late second-round pick, number 62 overall, the Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen pick uh, from Miami. You go Andy Isabella, the wide receiver. I thought that was a great value pick uh, for, for that spot. Gives Kyler a weapon right there. Uh, and then you go uh, to uh, excuse me, Hakeem Butler, round four from Iowa State. That was that was a guy that a lot of people had pegged, maybe top two rounds right there. So you grab another wide receiver at that spot. Then you get Deontay Thompson, the safety from Alabama, in, in round five. I just thought those were some really good value picks for uh, for for the Cardinals. So I thought they did a really really good job, you know, getting Kyler Murray, but then surrounding him with some talent and then filling in some holes in that defense that they really needed to do. Uh, so I actually did like the Cardinals draft for the most part. Uh, they did get an edge rusher, a defensive lineman, uh, with Zach Allen in, in round three. So I did like the Cardinals. I I loved what Steve Kime did with that team over there. So though between the Chargers, the Cardinals, uh, those are probably two of my top teams, but two other teams that I really wanted to touch on too. I thought Washington's first two picks in the first in the first round, having Dwayne Haskins fall to them. I thought that was a great job. And then getting uh then getting Sweat the pass rusher uh to fall to get to them at, at twenty sixth. Uh, I thought that was two really good picks for Washington and I know it's kinda weird to say you know, Washington's usually the bunt of a joke when it comes to the draft, especially leading up to this draft where there was talks that Daniel Snyder, the owner, was going to be the guy calling the shots there. I thought they did a good job with their first two picks, filling in two big needs right there. And you got a motivated quarterback in Haskins, especially going up against the Giants. So I really liked what Washington did with those two picks. And then Buffalo with their two first picks too, uh, having Ed Oliver fall to them at number nine. I think that fits a big need and it fits a, a big part of what Sean McDermott likes to do on defense with the Buffalo Bills. Ed Oliver was one of my favorite players uh, through this draft, so I thought that was really good job for them. And then getting Cody Ford, 
uh, in the second round, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. I, I really like that one. And then one of my favorite running backs in this draft, you're getting uh, Devin Singletary, who I think is kind of like a version of Tariq Cohen, uh, adding him to, to Josh Allen back there. So I, I really liked what Buffalo did with their first three picks in, in this draft. I thought they did a great job uh, with that with that as well. And then Miami, you know, I'm, I'm going to add Josh Rosen into this. They got my guy Christian Wilkins, who I really liked in his draft, uh, number 13 overall. Then you add in Josh Rosen, kind of in the second round. You know, th- there was a lot of talk that maybe this upcoming season was just going to be a rebuild, and they were going to get a quarterback in next year's draft. I like that you add Josh Rosen and, and Christian Wilkins. Christian Wilkins is a great locker room guy, uh, a great leader. Josh Rosen's going to be playing with a chip on his shoulder as well. So I liked what the Dolphins did, too. I really liked what the Dolphins did. But uh, let's move on to to the Packers and talk about what they did. First pick, 12th overall, Rashawn Gary, the the edge rusher from Michigan. Now, there was a lot of talk about did the Packers reach. And Gary was the guy that was getting talked uh, heading into this draft that there was reports out there that he might need surgery. Uh, shoulder surgery with that with that toward labrum. He said he was 110%. We know he put up 20-plus uh, reps uh, on the bench at the Combine. He says he doesn't need surgery. Honestly, we don't know the answer. The Packers probably know the answer at this point because i got to imagine they, they've done their research. But there is a talk. Did they reach about him? Uh, there's reports out there from uh, a few Packers beat reporters that they had heard that there was a team that was trying to trade up to draft Rashawn Gary, and that's why the Packers uh, grabbed him at 12. Uh, Brian Gutekind saying that they had their eyes on him since uh, February. I think Rashawn Gary, and, and you've probably heard this all across right now, he's the perfect boomer bust. If he's gonna, if he's gonna, you know, play well and hit his potential, the guy's gonna be an amazing player. But we haven't really seen that potential yet in college. There's no doubting his athletic uh, talent and the freak of an athlete that he is. But uh, he hasn't. He the, the big knock on him is where was that production with Michigan? So what I do like about this though is that he's in a system under Mike Pett. Mike Pettin got the most out of a guy like Muhammad Wilkerson. He's dealt with big personalities during his time with Baltimore and the Jets. Uh, I think Mike Pettin is the perfect defensive coordinator to get the most out of Rashawn Gary. And then you know Gary's not going to be relied on to be the number one pass rusher or edge rusher with this team. You got Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels. Those guys are going to bring him into that locker room. And, uh, you know, Gary's not going to have all that pressure to be the number one guy. He's going to be surrounded by a lot of talent, a lot of high character guys as well. So adding that on to the fact that Mike Pettin is his defensive coordinator, and Pettin is no stranger to some, uh, you know, motivating some guys and some strong uh, characters. I like the pick, it, it, but I do agree that it is a high boom or bust potential uh, with Rashawn Gary. The next pick in the first round for the Packers was safety Darnell Savage from Maryland. Uh, Packers giving up both their fourth round picks to move up nine spots uh, to to grab him. And again, like kind of like a little bit with uh, with Gary, there was a lot of fans questioning whether the Packers reached on him and maybe he was there at thirty. Reports were saying though that. The Colts were eyeing him at 26. Baltimore was eyeing him, according to some reports. And you know what? The Packers, they've got a scout now, uh, Milt Hendrickson, uh, from the, from Baltimore. 
just recently. So maybe he had a little bit of inside info on that uh, on that rumor report out there. Here's the thing, though, everybody. We don't know if that guy would have been there at 30. If the Packers really like a guy, or any team for that matter, really likes a guy, and they want to make sure they get that guy in a draft, they're going to have to trade and make some moves. So if they're sold on a guy, if they know that's the guy they want, go and get him regardless of where. You know, sometimes, yes, you do have to take a risk and, and roll the dice if you maybe you don't have that uh, that capital to trade here or there. Sometimes you do have to do that. But if you are absolutely in love with a guy and you really want that guy, you you have to make the move to go trade up and get him. So I, I don't have a problem with that. Now, and, and like with all these draft picks, we've got to remember, we don't know how they're going to perform. Let them get on the field. You know, going back to Gary here a little bit, I, I was seeing comparisons of Reynolds, you know, Jamal Reynolds, uh, uh, Justin Harrell back in the day. Stop it. Just stop it, you guys. You do not need to be putting out bus terms for players who have yet to hit the field. For anybody. Let these kids, let these guys hit the field and start playing some football first. So don't even throw out the bus term yet. Nobody knows. Maybe they won't pan out. Maybe they'll plan out, pan out to be a pro football player. We don't know that at that point. But back to Savage. So I don't have a problem with the Packers moving up. It caught me off guard initially. But the more, you know, you kind of let the emotion kind of die down a little bit, do a little bit more research, hear a little bit more about him. And, uh, you know, you got a safety back there now that just absolutely flies. He's not afraid to hit. He's a ball hawk. Yeah, he's a little, little bit smaller. But we know Mike Patton values the safety's position. We heard that all last year. All last year. Now you pair Savage up with a guy like Adrian Amos who, you know, maybe is a little bit more better suited to be in that box towards the line of scrimmage there. Now you got a ball hawk and and Savage back there who still isn't afraid to come up and blitz off the slot or even cover the slot. He kind of reminds me of the honey badger, uh Tyron, Tyron Matthew a little bit. So I, I like that pick uh, for the Packers. I think, you know, between Gary and Savage if we're talking just the first two first-rounders uh, for the Packers, I think Savage is probably a little bit more of the safer pick. But also, he's going to be, I think, I think possibly getting more playing time right away. I mean, he's inserted as a starter right now for Savage. So I, I like that pick, too. I don't think, you know, recapping the first two picks, did the Packers reach? Uh, no. Uh, maybe they would have been there a little bit later. Maybe the Packers could have traded back a, a little bit for Gary or maybe they could have stayed at 30 for Savage but again if you got if a team absolutely loves a certain player if they love a certain player I think you have to do what you have to do to make sure you secure that player that's it uh the other picks uh coming into second round uh Elton Jenkins from uh, Mississippi State the guard guy who's had experience playing all across the the line four different positions on that line he's a physical uh physical offensive lineman uh, i thought that was a good depth pick honestly he, he's probably going to be a future starter and you, you're looking at this draft that was the only offensive lineman uh that the packers picked up in this draft so no they did not get a, a, a tackle they didn't get a right tackle or a left tackle so what does that tell me well to me honestly it tells me that jenkins i think he's going to be a future starter whether it's going to be at left guard or right guard. 
Um, but you know, maybe, uh, maybe you know, after this following season, maybe we see Billy Turner kick to a right tackle, and Brian Belaga hits free agency. So Turner, who they just signed for uh, this offseason, who has experience playing the guard and the tackle, but he said he was he views himself a little bit more as that tackle. So maybe Turner is the future right tackle. Then maybe Jenkins inserts himself at right guard. And then the other guy, Cole Madison, you know, if he continues to impress, maybe he's eventually the other guard if the Packers want to move on from a guy like Lane Taylor. So the Packers do have some options when you think about it. But what this draft also tells me is that this is a huge, huge year for Jason Spriggs. Huge year. Uh, and it was already kind of talked about in Goody's uh, post-draft press conference here a little bit, but there is a lot of on stake for a guy like Spriggs because he may be the uh, backup left tackle at this point. So big, big offseason, big preseason coming up for Spriggs. But the Packers do have some versatility, I would say, from that left guard spot all the way to the right side. They've got some backup centers. They've got some backup guards. And you can put uh, Billy Turner over there at right tackle if need be. So the Packers have options there. Still maybe some questions, though, I would say backup left tackle because, well, I mean, like with a lot of teams out there, let's be honest, if your starting left tackle goes out, you're going to be in trouble anyways. But uh, Spriggs is... That's all eyes are going to be on him this offseason and preseason. Packers in their third round, they get their tight end, Jay Sternberger from Texas A&M. Uh, this is a guy that's going to be more of a pass-catching threat to, at this point. He does try hard at trying to block, uh, so he's not afraid to stick his nose in there and, and attempt to block both in passing and running situations. So it's not like he refuses to or he's or, or he wants to avoid it or anything like that. He does try hard, so that's going to be something that he's going to have to get better at uh, but and maybe a little bit more polished on his route running. But he is definitely a receiving threat down the field, up the seam. And I like this pick because it's a, it's a tight end that they're not going to ask uh, you know, to contribute right away. Some had him going in the second round, so I thought this was a good value pick uh, for the Packers. So he's going to be able to sit behind uh, Lewis, Jimmy Graham, I guess maybe Robert Tanyan if you want to throw in there, but all, I think Jace is probably the third option on that depth chart for, for the tight ends right now. So he's got some work to do, um, but uh, I think it's a good value pick for, for the Packers at 75th overall to get their future tight end right there. It's definitely a pass-catching threat. Does need work on some pass blocking and run blocking, but the nice thing with that is that he has shown that he is willing to do that. So it's not like he's avoiding it or anything like that. Fifth round, because the Packers traded uh, all their fourth picks uh, to move up in the first round. Uh, that was the only trade that the Packers made uh, in this entire draft. Kind of a little surprising there. But in the fifth round, uh, they go defensive line, Kingsley Kiki, Texas A&M, a power guy. Uh, he's got a really quick get-off right away. So, I mean, he's off the ball insanely fast. Uh, he's a power guy. He likes. He does a lot of four-point stands, so it makes you wonder if he's going to play more nose uh, at this end, uh, but maybe more of a sub-package guy at this point. You know, uh, like when, you, when you're putting more defensive uh, backs uh, on the field, nickel-dime situations, maybe this is the situation where he's in on that defensive line and uh, kind of filling up a couple gaps there, taking up a couple blockers at that point. But he's definitely really quick off the ball, uh, very athletic defensive lineman so Packers grabbing him at fifth in the fifth round 150th overall 
Now in the sixth round, uh, the Packers had two picks in there. The first one coming up, Kadar Holman from Toledo, corner, speedy guy. Uh, he's got a really good story if you haven't read it or heard about it. Yeah, do yourself a favor, check it out. It was a zero-star recruit, worked his butt off, recruited a lot, you know, trying to get his, his name out there himself with a lot of Division One programs. The guy, I mean, the story, I can't do it justice by telling you guys this, so do yourself a favor and do a little uh, reading about him. But a kid that went from a zero-star recruit that had a dream to play D1 football, had a dream to play football, did a lot of the, like I said, did a lot of the uh, marketing, I guess, for himself, putting his name out there, sending film to college programs of himself, gets to Toledo, and guess what? He's a, he's an NFL player right now. Uh, a lot of speed with him. Still needs to be a little bit more polished, obviously. But uh, for a six-round pick, uh, it's not a bad spot there. And you know, Goody has shown that with a lot of it, with uh, with his two first uh, drafts as general manager, he is prioritizing speed and athleticism and versatility with all of his picks. Those are the three things I would say has really stood out with Brian Gutekunst's draft uh, draft so far. The other six-round uh, pick, Dexter Williams, a running back from Notre Dame. Uh, this is a one-cut guy. He fits that zone running scheme extremely well. You know, he puts his foot in the dirt, one cut, hits the hole, goes at it hard. Uh, and he does show some promise in the passing game too. Uh, I think this is a kind of guy, a uh, running back that does fit Matt Lafleur, uh, Matt Lafleur's offense and what he wants to do. But the big thing with him is that he is that one cut, hit the hole, go at it, which is which fits the zone running scheme. Uh, to the T for this. So a nice uh, nice value pick there. And he's probably going to be third on his depth chart, but wouldn't surprise me if he gets adequate playing time as a rookie. And then the Packers, their last draft pick, Ty Summers, the linebacker from TCU. His nickname's Captain America. Interesting guy because he actually, he, he's going to be an inside linebacker. He's a fast guy. He was actually a dual threat quarterback in high school. Played inside linebacker, but he started... Uh, some games this year because of, of uh, depth issues for TCU at defensive end. Talk about versatility. This guy has a lot of awesome traits. Uh, he was a signal caller for his team. Like I said, he's, he's, he's a good locker room guy. He's a good leader and obviously is willing to do a lot of different things for his team. Versatile player. Uh, this is going to be a nice depth pick for the Packers. You look at that inside linebacking group, and you know what? He might get an opportunity to make the team because right now it's, what, Blake Martinez and Oren Burks? So I think for a seventh-round pick, this was a really nice value pick for the Packers uh, to get Ty Summers there. And, you know, not to overreact or anything right now, but you look at the depth at inside linebacker for the Packers, he already might be on the team. You know, looking at this draft for the Packers, uh, more concentrating on from rounds two through seven, I think they got a lot of really good value picks. A really good, and what I mean by that is getting guys at positions that maybe were projected to go a little bit higher. So I like what the Packers did with that from rounds two through seven. I thought they got a lot of good value guys. But to, to kind of put a bow on, on the Packers draft class, they got athletic they got versatility, and they got some speed. Uh, that that those are the three things I would kind of summarize uh, this Packers draft, and it kind of follows what they did last year under Brian Gutekunst's first year as general manager for his draft. So, uh, if I'm Mike Pettin, I'm smiling, and if you're a Packers fan looking at this defense, you should be smiling 
because they got a lot of athletic freaks on there right now. And you're probably feeling pretty dang comfortable about this defense for the first time in a very, very long time. You got Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark. Those are going to be your your you know front guys up on that line, whether they're going to be edge rushers or hand-in-the-dirt type of guys. Blake Martinez is going to be a big year for Oren Burks. The secondary, Jair Alexander. Kevin King sounds like he's gotten bigger in, in the shoulders and the chest area. Jackson, Tremont Williams, a veteran. Your safety is Adrian Amos. Now Savage. If you're if you're a Packers fan and if you're the Packers, you're feeling you're feeling pretty good about your offense or excuse me your defense for the first time in a long time. And then on the offensive side of things, yeah, maybe you want a little bit more playmakers. But obviously they trust a lot in their wide receivers. I had no problem with the Packers not getting a wide receiver early in this draft. You you invested three picks in, in guys last year who I thought were really good value picks last year. Let them develop. Let let's see what we got with them. Geronimo is a veteran now. He's not a bad option out there. Remember, he was on pace for over a thousand yards last year. Devontae's the guy. Let's see if that connection continues with Jake Kumaro. Trevor Davis, you're probably smiling too because you have a shot to, to make this team maybe as just a punter kick returner. So I had no problem with the Packers not getting a wide receiver in this draft. But uh, you know, you're looking at the offense, maybe you want some more, maybe you wanted a left tackle, maybe you wanted a tackle. To provide some depth there. Yeah, because I would agree. Spriggs right now, it's a little scary being uh, the backup at left tackle. That 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 would cause uh, some concern for me as well. But you got some uh, you got some depth on depth on that interior part, or at least from left guard all the way to the right tackle spot. And then you know if there's maybe one knock fans would have on on this Packers draft, maybe you want some more playmakers on the offensive side. Maybe you did, but I think the the. The note on that is, you know, remember, this is a new offensive scheme coming in. It's not going to be so reliant on guys winning one-on-one battles like it was for Mike McCarthy's offense. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be schemed a lot more to get the guys open and possibly uh, getting the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand a little bit quicker and running the ball a little bit more as well. So, uh, But uh, that that's kind of what I take away from this draft. Uh, they're definitely trying to build up that defense still, and they they have a lot of confidence in a lot of their uh, current offensive players. That's that's another thing that I kind of take away from this draft. Well, that's it for this edition of the Man Cave Football Podcast. I'm Dan Casper. Hey, we're available on all of your favorite podcast apps, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or you can just Google us and uh, find us out on the web. And uh, make sure you are a subscriber and got some time make sure you rate us as well just uh make it a good one i'm dan casper this is the man game football podcast